Here lies the old me. The kid my parents wanted me to be. All the ways the world hurt me. Goodbye to my fears and anxieties. The reason why my ex left me. Rest, Rest in, in peace, peace to the, the old me. me. Porch 2022, kicking off our new series, RIP to the old me if we haven't met. My name is JD. It's a privilege to be here with you tonight. And before we go any further, uh, if you don't know, the Porch doesn't just exist in Dallas. Like God has like blown our expectations and taken this thing beyond borders. And we have what we call Porch Live locations all over the country in different locations. And we wanna just do a good job tonight. They hear us, they hear you in the room. And so when you laugh, they laugh. When you clap, they clap. When you cry, they probably cry. And so tonight, I need you guys to help me welcome them to kick off the year strong. I'm gonna read the whole list and then I want us just to go crazy for our friends all over the country. Here we go. Welcome, 2022, Porch Live, North Houston, Porch Live, Austin, <laughs> Northwest Arkansas. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Porch Live, Cincinnati. Scottsdale. Boise, Idaho. Des Moines. Greater Lafayette, Indiana. And a big welcome to our newest Porch Live location, meeting for the second time tonight, Porch Live, Midland, Texas. And of course, my friends tonight in Dallas, just such an honor, like I said, to be here with you. And so before we go into the series and what we're talking about tonight, the topic, when I was prepping for the kickoff to RIP to the old me, I'm not gonna lie, I got a little sentimental because as I was just thinking about all the things that, you know, the old JD, uh, since we met the last time in 2021, and the JD you see before you is a completely new man. I don't know if y'all noticed, but I got some bling on my finger. And... The token singleness guy of the porch is dead and gone. He is. And he, I left him in 2021, happily left him. And I got to marry the woman of my dreams, Miss Jenna Rogers. It has been such a gift, but I'm not gonna lie. Like guys, like we say all the time, it's not just lip service. Singleness is awesome. And part of me, I mean, yesterday we celebrated our one month of marriage and I'm still mourning a little bit of who I was, I'm not gonna lie. And so last week we did the candle thing, we brought up the things that we wanted to die to, and I wanted to officially say RIP to the old JD. And so if you would take a moment with me in memory. <laughs> Rest in peace to normal guy house smells. Take that as you want. Um, and hello to walking in every day to five different scented candles, burning at one time, sending my scent of smell into all kinds of confusion in different directions. <laughs> Guys, get ready. Rest in peace to my one favorite pillow <laughs> that I washed two times in six years. <laughs> and hello to lots and lots and lots and lots of pillows on the couch, pillows on the seats, pillows on the bed, pillows everywhere. Rest in peace to, oh, this one hits. My house being set to 64 degrees, paired with a ceiling fan and a side table fan on turbo speed. 
because my wife's always freezing, always, always. And hello to a daily trip to the sauna I didn't know I needed, all right? It's really good for the toxins, it's hot. But I start there because I really am kind of like navigating this new me, and it's amazing. Like marriage truly is amazing, but I'm figuring out what it looks like to die to my old self and enter into this new relationship with Jenna, which is definitely better. And I want y'all to hear me say like, I am loving marriage, but I start there because just like I am transforming and as I've entered into this relationship and a new life is changing in me, a lot of us, when we get into a relationship with Jesus, what we have to know is that when you enter into a relationship with Jesus, everything about you should and will begin to change. You introduce me to a person who has encountered and surrendered their life to Jesus and you are showing me a changed person. Because when you step into a relationship with Christ, the old, like we've been saying, passes away or you die to your old self and the new you is born. The kind of theme verse of this series is 2 Corinthians 5, 17. It's what the series was birthed out of. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is an old or he's a new creation. The old has passed away and behold, the new has come. The new has come, meaning that the invitation is for everyone. Everyone gets to come to God's family and you get to come exactly as you are. No matter what your past, present, or your, or your future will hold, you get to come exactly as you are. But hear me, you come as you are, but you do not stay as you are. You get to come as you are, but you do not stay as you are. Because the old you has passed away and the new you is coming. It's forming, it's changing, and it's better. It's better. If you know what I'm talking about, you know that when you go into this new relationship with Jesus, everything about you begins to change. You begin to talk different, you begin to act different, hang out different, talk different, dress different, date different. You get to spend your time and your money differently. You have community and the right people speaking into your life, holding you accountable. You begin to no longer to want to look at porn or just have casual hookups or get drunk every weekend. You actually have the Holy Spirit in you and he starts to convict you and those things aren't as appealing or appetizing. And yeah, you might can still do it and continue to do it, but it's just not hitting like it used to. Why? Because you're new. Because if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away and the new has come. Those who are in a relationship with Jesus will begin to change. And we're gonna see that throughout this entire series, what it looks like to change. We're gonna focus on different things that we need to say, hey, RIP to, rest in peace to blank. Because I'm new in Jesus. I have a new life with Jesus. Goodbye the old me, hello to the new me in Christ. And so tonight, the old trait that we're dying to is victim mentality. For my note takers tonight, the, the title of this message is RIP to victim mentality. RIP to victim mentality. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, just a quick, easy definition of victim mentality is when someone believes the idea that bad things will always, always happen to them. Or you could include onto that, a person with a victim mentality is constantly blaming others, constantly negative, Constantly woe is me mentality. It's never their own fault. 
I'll always be depressed. Well, I grew up poor. Or because this happened to me, I'm never gonna forgive my dad because he wronged me. It's his fault I'm this way. Everyone's out to get me. All I know is broken relationships. This is just the way it is. And if you let victim mentality rule your life, it will paralyze you, as we'll see tonight. Victim mentality will paralyze your life. It will keep you back. But a relationship with Jesus is meant to set you free. And some of you tonight might be thinking, well, that's not me. I've never had something crazy happen to me. We all, we all struggle with the victim mentality, whether you realize it or not. In some way, because we have an enemy, because Satan is out there prowling like a lion, seeking someone to devour, one of his biggest schemes is to convince you that you are a victim, that you don't have what it takes, that the Holy Spirit isn't enough, that you can't defeat that sin that you can't make that change, that you can't make that move. That's how he attacks, is treating you like a victim. And so tonight, we're saying no more. We're leaving victim mentality in the past. And I wanna take a moment just to lean in, because I know there is an audience and a specific person in the room tonight, and you are a victim. You actually have been victimized, and I want you to hear me as kindly as I can say this, I am sorry, I am sorry for whatever happened to you and that person was wrong. Whatever they did to you was wrong. And I hate that because of the brokenness of this world and the depravity of man and the sin that is in man's heart, we hurt one another. And yeah, you might be walking in here having been victimized, but Jesus, can rewrite your story. Yes, you were a victim, but you are not a victim. You are a victor if you are in Christ. I wanna even challenge you tonight to begin to not let Satan tell you that what happened to you is who you are. I wanna begin to challenge you to think, hey, maybe I'm not a victim, but more so because of Jesus, I'm a survivor. I've prevailed. And because of Jesus, I don't even have to just survive and get by, but I can thrive, that I can forgive, that I can be healed. You're gonna see tonight that no matter what's happened to you, you can be new, you can be healed. And so whether you face victim mentality, whether you have been a victim, what we're gonna see tonight is Jesus wants to heal that. And so tonight we're gonna look at three ways to change your victim mentality to a victor mentality three ways to change your victim mentality to a victor mentality, and we're gonna do it by zeroing in on the life of a man that Jesus encountered, a paralyzed man. And we're gonna look at how Jesus took his victim mentality and made him a victor. And so if you would, open up with me to John chapter five. John chapter five, if you don't have your Bibles with you, we'll have the verses on the screen here. You can read along. John chapter five. We're gonna read the whole thing and we're gonna break it down. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? All right, here we go. Verse one. Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city, near the sheep gate, don't think too deeply about that, literally a gate that sheep entered, was the pool of Bethesda 
with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me in the pool when the water bubbles up. What you need to know right there, at the time, there was like a Greek mythology, there was a myth that they believed, we know now it was like a natural spring that made the water bubble, but they believed that an angel would come down and that they couldn't see and he would like stir the water. And like the myth said that if you got in, the first one to get in, you would be healed. So all these sick people would gather around this pool and wait for the bubbles to come up. So that's what he's talking about right here. No one will put me in the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. I wanna go ahead and just stop for a second and look at the first verse and just set the scene of how relevant this story is to you and I tonight. I mean, it's crazy. I'm reading this translation and I'm looking and he's literally talking about how in the gates of Jerusalem, there was this section where all the sick people, the shamed people, the diseased people, those were, that were paralyzed, blind, deaf, if you had something wrong with you, this is where you hung out. And they all hung out together in a place called the Pool of Bethesda. Bethesda, stay with me, is like a Hebrew construct that basically means a house of mercy or a house of kindness, a house of acceptance and love where all the sick people gathered on the porches. Y'all seeing it? I'm like, that's us. The porch isn't anything special, but Jesus is, and we're all about Jesus. So therefore, we are wanting to be a house of kindness, a house of mercy, a house of love and acceptance for any person, no matter their sickness, no matter their disease, no matter what they're walking in with, they know they can be safe here. Because look around, we're all sick. We're all in desperate need of Jesus. And we come here because we want him to heal us. We come here because we want him to save us, to redeem us. We come here because we want his mercy and his kindness. You and I, we are the sick. This is the pool of Bethesda. So this story, I mean, no matter what you've gone through, no matter if you're like, man, I'm not a victim, you're sick. This story is for you tonight. Let's continue on. So what we're gonna see here is the first way that we go from a victim mentality to a victim mentality, it's in verse three. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, you and I, lay on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. Sick and paralyzed for 38 years. Can you imagine? I know he struggled with a victim mentality. I know I would be. And right here, when I look at this, a victim mentality says, this is just the way it is. 38 years, I'm accepting it. I'm like, I'm paralyzed for the rest of my life. This is just the way it is. God, I don't know why me. I don't know why not them. I don't know, I mean, but after 38 years, I can't get in the dang pool. Everyone's gotten to go before me. No one's for me. I guess this is just the way it is. I know I've been there. I think a lot of us have been there. And a lot of it is on us. 
We self-victimize and we say things like, well, I guess I'm just gonna have to live with this addiction. I guess I'm just gonna live and accept this porn addiction because it's been since eighth grade. It's been for years I struggled with this. And man, I've gone to services like this and I've come down last week and I wrote porn on my card. I wrote sexual morality on my card and I laid it. And the next day I was tempted and I gave in. I gave in again and again and again. I guess I'm just gonna have to be paralyzed and crippled by my addiction. I guess this is just the way it is. Some of us are like, man, where are all the Christian men? Every guy I date, he ends up being not it. He has no character. He ain't about it. And we sit there and go, you know what? My dad wasn't even about it. So maybe this is what I deserve. Maybe this is who I am. Maybe I should just settle and lower my standards and just accept I'm never gonna find a Christian man and be unhappily married for the rest of my life. I guess this is just the way it is. Some of us, I guess I'll just keep letting the need for control and the perfect image rule my life. And I know on the outside I look good, but on the inside I'm spiraling and there's this hamster wheel constantly spinning that's forcing anxiety and stress and worry. And I'm spiraling and spiraling and spiraling and I'm trying to hold it all together, but I can't and I'm breaking, but I guess this is just the way it is. I guess stress is just a part of my life. I guess worry is just a part of my life. And you've just accepted it because you've fallen prey to victim mentality. A victim mentality says, this is just the way it is is 38 years, 38 years of being paralyzed, lost hope, hopeless, accepted. I guess I'm just paralyzed. This is the way it is, this is my lot. But also there's another group that what has happened to you wasn't self-inflicted. That you went through something really hard that was completely out of your control. There are some of you here tonight that maybe you were born with an actual disability. Maybe you were born with an autoimmune system that constantly leaves you tired and fatigued and disappointed. Some of you, maybe you have lost a loved one and your circumstance is really, really hard. You lost your mom to cancer way too soon. Some of you, you have been cheated on or your parents did divorce or you saw bad relationships, or you were abused and hurt. But the problem is, what victim mentality does, what victim mentality will do, is it will take that thing that is meant to describe your story and tell you it defines you. It's meant to describe you, but victim mentality makes it define you. It says, yeah, this is the way it is. This is who you are. You are what happened to you. You will not change. You should just accept. In these moments that were meant to simply describe you, I lost my mom to cancer. Someone manipulated me. I was born with a disability. That's a part of my story, not the point of my story. It doesn't define me, but a victim mentality will tell it that that is what defines you. That is who you are. And that's who you will always be. But we know that Jesus is who defines us. I know for me, there was a time in my life where I fell prey to this kind of victim mentality. A thing that described me, as I've talked about here many times, college, boom, best friend, dad at 45, pastor, friend, all the things, 
terminal cancer, boom, 10 years later, life without a dad. Why God? Why would you do this? Are you out to get me? Does, is the world against me? He was a good man. He was a preacher for crying out loud. Why him? So young, so healthy. I bet if I had a dad, I wouldn't be in such a financial struggle right now in college. I bet if I had a dad, I wouldn't have to seek affirmation in all the wrong places because my dad would affirm me. My dad would compliment me like he used to. I bet if I had a dad then, and so many of us, we walk with life like that. If I had this then, if it wasn't this way then, because we took that what was meant to describe us and we're, we're saying that it defines us and the outcome is victimization. But everything changed in my life, everything, when I learned the truth in this verse right here. Later on in this book of John, in chapter 16, verse 33, it says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I, meaning God, I have overcome the world. When I was walking in a victim mentality, I was just stuck on the, in the earth, I will have many trials and sorrows. But then God came into my life and he rewrote my perspective. He rewrote my story. And the but take heart transitioned me from a victim to a victor because I saw it wasn't up to me to overcome my circumstance. It was up to God because he tells me, he promises me that I don't have to follow my circumstance or pray victim to my circumstance. I can have victory over my circumstance because he does. And it's him who defines me. And in that moment, in that moment, the thing that held me down, that brought me the most pain, God used to transform, and it is now the force behind my greatest purpose. God took what once victimized me and told me, you can never, because is now what I get to stand up and tell thousands of people about. And if you had told that guy who was laying alone on New Year's Eve, shouting at God, drunk in his room, on midnight, God, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. If you would have told me that one day that victim mentality was gonna change to this, I would have called you crazy, but that's what God does. He takes what describes you and he points it to himself and he transforms it and he uses it to point to his glory, Amen. to his goodness. That's what he does. A victim mentality says this is just the way it is. But a victor mentality says, this may be the way it is. This may be a part of your story, but Jesus can use it. Jesus wants to use it. Jesus wants to use your greatest pain for his glory and purpose, if you would let him. But you have to take heart. You have to make the active choice to go from victim to victor. But take heart. He has overcome the world. He has overcome your circumstance. Everything changed when I began to shift my victim mentality from victim because of my circumstances to victor because of the king over my circumstances. He did it for me, he can do it for you. He did it for this man, let's keep reading. Verse six, when Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, I don't wanna move past that. When Jesus saw him and he knew he had been ill for a long time, this is the heart of your Jesus. There was a whole crowd in that place, many people sick, many people struggling. This man was nothing special to get the attention and catch the eye of Jesus. 
but Jesus saw him. Even when he wasn't looking for Jesus, Jesus was looking for him. The same is for you tonight. All of these people, this is a big place, but he's looking at you. He sees you. And just like this man, he knows you've been ill for a long time. He knows you're tired. He knows that victim mentality has ruled your life. And he wants peace to mark your life. He looks at him knowing he was ill for a long time and he asked him, would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me in the pool when the water bubbles up and someone always gets there ahead of me. Do you see what's happening here? His victim mentality is saying what it says to us. Hey, I'm not the problem. Everyone and everything else is. Y'all know that kind of person. I mean, it's never me, it's always them. That person that you come home from work, your roommate, and they're just always like, and then my boss did this, and then my boss did this, and then they did this, and then they did that, and then my coworker, if they would just show up on time and y'all, and it's never them. It's exhausting. But what's funny about this part of this moment is Jesus didn't want his whole life story. I mean, I bet you, I mean, Jesus is kind, so he's kind of than me. I would have been like, I didn't ask you about this, the pool and all that. Jesus asked him a simple yes or no question. Boy, you've been paralyzed for 38 years. Do you want to be healed or not? That's what he asked him. Do you want to be healed? And like him, I think a lot of us, but God this, but God that, but God this. Yes or no? It's like if you had to drink water for a whole day and you're just parched. I mean, I'm parched right now, low-key. <laughs> I, would take, I would take some water, I'm not gonna say. But actually, yeah, throw me a water. So, it's like if, this is perfect actually. It's like if you hadn't drank and I mean, you were just parched and someone's like, do you want a drink? And I'm like, well, it depends. Is it Ozarka? Because I only drink, drink Fiji. Or <laughs> I only drink Essentia. I don't this. I'd be like, then you don't get any of my water, you ungrateful looking. No, you take it. instantly refreshed, because I was so dang thirsty. Yes or no? But after 38 years, Jesus asked him, do you want to be healed? And instead of giving him an answer like us, he gave him an excuse. He gave him an excuse. A victim mentality is the birthplace of excuses. Write it down. If you are constantly making excuses, trace it and see if it's being birthed out of a victim mentality. See if you are falling prey to victimization. Here's the excuse I hear in this man's response to Jesus. Jesus, I can't because, yada, 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 yada. I can't, Jesus, because one, I mean, I don't know if you know, I've been here for a long time. Two, every time the water bubbles up, no one's gonna pick me up and put me inside. Well, guess what? Everyone else is sick too. They ain't worried about you. They're trying to get in. And hey, no one, no one will pick me up. And every time that they do, the person beats me in. I'm like, dang it, I guess I have to wait till next time. So then I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting. I'm so tired of waiting. Instead of giving me an answer, he gives them an excuse. And God is calling some of us tonight. He's asking you, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be free? Do you want to be changed? And God's asking you to step out in radical faith or to give up something or to surrender something or to make a change, make that move or to break up with that person or to join that church 
and your response is, Jesus, I can't because I'm too busy. Jesus, I can't because if, he, if I break up with him, then who am I gonna have? Jesus, I can't make that move. I don't know anyone. I don't know anyone there. And instead of saying yes, he gives an excuse. We give an excuse. But what's so funny about this excuse is it's actually correct when you think about it. Hey, do you wanna be healed? What's he say? I can't. Bingo, you got one thing right, you can't. You and I, we cannot heal ourselves. We're not capable. We need Jesus, we need Jesus. And a victim mentality will tell you, I can't. But a victim mentality says, but he can. He can, he can break every chain. He can provide peace in the midst of hard circumstances. He can rewrite that really hard thing that, wor- wor- uh, that happened to you. He can, you can't, but he can. But apart from him, you're right, you can't. John 15, five actually proves this when Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit, but apart from me, you can do nothing. You can't. But then Matthew 19, 26 says, Jesus looked at them intently and he said, humanly speaking, left to yourself, it is impossible. But with God, everything is impossible, or everything is possible. (laughs) (laughs) Left to yourself, you can do nothing. But with God, anything is possible. Your response to God says a lot about your view of him. How you respond to him says a lot about how you view him when he calls you out, when he calls you up, when he calls you to be uh, healed and made new, how you respond says a lot about how you view him. If you're afraid that he's gonna abandon you, you'll show that in your response. If you're afraid that he's gonna hurt you or bait and switch or not be good like he promises, you'll show that in your response. Your response to God says a lot about how you you view him because can you imagine This man clearly didn't know who he was talking to. You can see it in his response. He had a wrong view of Jesus. Because when Jesus asks you, like he's asking some of you tonight, do you wanna be healed? Your answer every time should be yes, because I can't, I've tried everything. I thought the pool, I thought the people, I thought someone picking me up, I thought all these different things was the solution to my problem. But I can't, I've run out of options. You search at the end of a bottle, you search in a relationship, You've searched in success, in self-help books, and you can't seem to figure out the solution to your problem. It's because it's standing right in front of you. It only comes from one source, and his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus Christ. And he's asking you tonight, do you wanna be healed? And instead of giving him the answer, yes, I'm in, you're bringing him excuses. You don't actually want it. I think you wanna complain. I think you wanna talk about it, but you don't wanna be about it because I'm looking at your response to him. And your response to him when he actually calls you to do something doesn't match what you say. Why? Because we wanna be healed, but we don't wanna change. We want God to bless us, but we don't wanna change. We want God to restore us, but we don't wanna make moves. 
So many of us claim to want to be healed, but we don't want to change, and that looks like this. God, I'm so tired of being in debt. God, okay, stop spending, start saving, stop going out to eat, oh, and give generously, and trust me with that, and don't even look at them golden goose girls. <laughs> but God, I want to be out of debt. Keep spending, keep going out, keep getting that other drink. God, would you bring me a spouse? I'm sick and tired of being single. Okay, you want a godly man, start being a godly person. Start changing. Start changing who you are. Get up. Get with me. God, I'm so misunderstood. Y'all heard that one? I know I said that one. No one gets me, ah, oh, it's exhausting. Okay, well tell them that. Trust people and let them in. You want me to what? God, I hate my job. Give me a promotion. Bless me. Bring me prosperity and riches. Okay, well, you can start by at least showing up on time. Like, and fix your hair. God, do something through me like you are clearly doing through them. All right, well, how about you start just being with me? Read your Bible and pray every day. Before I do a work through you, I wanna be with you. But you gotta make some changes. So many of us complain, I wanna be healed. You come to the porch time and time again because I wanna see change. I'm so exhausted, I'm so tired, yet you walk out of here the same. And I wanna be clear about something. You don't change to earn your salvation. There is always a seat at the table of God and he is constantly inviting every single person here tonight to come and enjoy the feast with the family of God. But he is not gonna pick you up and put you on your chair. He wants you to pull up the chair and sit down and feast. Why? Because that's real love. Anything else would be forced on you. It would be a robot. It wouldn't be a relationship. You gotta get up, pull up the chair and sit and dine with the family of God. Amen. But so many of us, like this man, yeah, I wanna be healed. I mean, it shows me, like if he's by the pool that's supposed to heal people, if he's wanting people to pick him up and put him in every time it bubbles, he's saying he wants to be healed, but why is he still there after 38 years? I mean, come on, surely he could scoot or something. <laughs> he doesn't wanna be healed. So many of us, we claim to wanna be healed, but if you wanna be healed, you gotta be willing to change. Changing requires rearranging, getting up, making moves, getting in the word, getting in prayer, getting with community. You gotta rechange the things in your life. The old you has to pass away. The new life in Christ has to be evident, has to come. A victim mentality will tell you that everyone else and everything else is the problem but you. But a victor mentality says, because Jesus is the solution to my problem, I can face whatever lies ahead. Because Jesus is the solution, to my problem, I can face whatever lies ahead. But the best part of this story, as we begin to wrap up, the best part of this story is that thankfully, Jesus does not need this man to view him or respond to him rightly for Jesus to respond to him. Jesus' response to him is not dictated on his response to Jesus because he says, I can't, yada, yada, yada. And Jesus could have been like, you know what, I'm out on this. No, what's he do? What does he say? Jesus told him in verse eight, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. And instantly the man was healed. 
He rolled up his sleeping mat and he began walking. Your victim mentality will say to you, God can use anyone but me. But I see right here, that's not true. If God can pick this random man who had been paralyzed and in a victim mentality state for 38 years, what makes you think that he can't use you? He's calling this man to stand up, pick up his mat and go and to be free. And he's calling you to do the same tonight. But victim mentality is telling you that God can do that with anyone else but me. Man, if you, JD, if you knew what I'd done, hey, if you knew what I'd done, you wouldn't have put me here. But God changed my life. He placed me here. He picked me up. He told me to stand up, pick up my mat and go. And some of you, God calls you out. And you're like, yeah. He's like, do you wanna be healed? You say all these things. You're like, yeah, I wanna be healed but he calls you to stand up and you're like, wait, what? No, 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 God, you can use anyone, but, but not me. I'm, I'm actually kind of comfortable here. I'm kind of comfortable here. And I want you to notice something. Jesus says, stand up, pick up your mat. Why would Jesus tell him to pick up his mat? People who were paralyzed had these mats that this is referring to. He had no more, he had no more use for it. He didn't need a mat. So why, after 38 years of being paralyzed, you would think that Jesus would say, hey, yeah, forget about that, leave it behind. Why does he tell him to pick up his mat and walk? Well, later in the story, we don't have time to read it, but later in the story, you're gonna see, if you keep on reading, I would encourage you all to go read it later. There's this moment where this man is walking, and he's carrying his mat, you know, and he's like, you know, he's feeling himself, you know, he's free now. His legs got all this super strength. I can't imagine what it's like to be healed by Jesus like that. So he's walking and these religious leaders known as the Pharisees, they come forth and like a Pharisee, like you read time and time again, boy, they get on my nerves. They say, this guy was 38 years paralyzed and now he's walking and they're not like, whoa, my guy, you're walking. What do they say? If you read it, they just say, hey, why are you carrying your mat on the Sabbath? The Sabbath of this time was a religious day of the week where in Jewish culture, you could not work, you could not lift anything clearly in the name of praising God. But the Pharisees made it about religion and not relationship. The Sabbath was intended to be more intimate with God, but they made it about works, about religion. And so they condemn this guy and they shame this guy. They say, why, why are you carrying your mat on the Sabbath? And in that moment, if this man was living in a victim mentality going, you're right, God can't use me, you're right, I'll just go back, I'll go back to my, my, my old paralyzed self, you're right. This is more comfortable anyways. This is who I've always been, you're right. <laughs> I'm like, well, what do you want me to do? Like, <laughs> No, listen. Victim mentality would have brought him back to the mat and said, you're right, let me drop it. But Jesus said, stand up. Pick up your mat and walk. So that's what he did, why? Because his life had been changed by Jesus. He looked at the Pharisees and his response, his response is not shame, his response is not guilt or hiding. No, he says, the man named Jesus who healed me told me to do this, so I did. And I don't really care what you have to say. You might wanna victimize me, you might wanna remind me of who I am, but guess what, I don't really care because the man who healed me changed my life and he told me to pick up my mat and walk. The mat was once a reminder of his paralysis, but now 
This mat is a reminder of God's goodness, of God's transformation in his life. He carries his mat to point people to his savior. And Jesus is asking you tonight to stand up, be healed, quit living in a victim mentality and to pick up your mat. I don't know what your mat is, but he's saying stand up, pick up that addiction that you once were a slave to and go help other people be set free like you have. Stand up, pick up that abuse and go help other abuse victims. Pick up your mat. So when people walk by and go, hey, why are you carrying that? Why are you, why are you talking about your sin that way? Why are you talking about these hard things that you've been through? Why are you so free? Why are you so joyful? You say, hey, 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 this mat is simply to start this conversation so I can tell you the reason why I can pick up this mat is not to say, look at the mat, but look at my savior. Look at my healer. Look at my provider, he changed everything. I once was a lame man, I was laying here for 38 years. I thought that was my life. I was a victim to paralysis, but because of Jesus, I am victor. I have victory because Jesus, the ultimate victory, healed my life. He changed my life and he did it for him, he can do it for you. A victim mentality says, God can use anyone but me but a victor mentality says, God can use anyone, even me, AKA, won't he do it? He will, he will. He's calling you tonight to rise up, take up your mat and walk. He wants to heal you and he's asking you, do you wanna be healed? And you have an opportunity tonight to respond or you can make an excuse and you can fall prey to victim mentality or you can say yes, that's all it takes. Trust, surrender, and if you say yes, if you're willing to go yes, I'll listen. And when Jesus says, hey, stand up, take up your mat and walk, be changed. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, the old passes away. Behold, the new has come, and if you will stand up and pick up your mat and walk, watch what he'll do. Watch what he'll do with that step of going, I don't wanna be a victim anymore. I don't wanna be a slave to my past. I don't wanna be prey to my circumstances. I wanna live in the freedom that the victory of the blood of Jesus offers. And he's saying, good, then stand up, pick up your mat and walk. And so before I ask you to do that, I wanna pick up my mat. And I wanna show you and tell you about a part of my story that held me down for so long. It was sixth grade, fifth grade, going into sixth grade, I was at a church event and we were playing some game, it was late at night, and I was sexually abused by a guy in high school. And after the encounter, I was nervous and I pulled away and it was weird and he said, hey, do not tell anyone. They'll think that you're weird, they'll think that you're gay, they will shame you, they'll think you're disgusting, your parents will be so mad at you, do not tell anyone. Right after that, you know what happened? I was bullied, significantly bullied for liking clothes in a country town, for liking to sing, for liking to dance. I was told, hey, you're gay, you're all these different things. Then after that, I was introduced to masturbation and pornography by a guy my age. Boom, 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 and I hit it being a pastor's kid in a small town, I didn't believe that I was able to get up and take up my mat. If anyone knew, if anyone knew, what would my dad say? What would my mom say? What would people say? Everything, everything will be ruined. 
I will never come back from this. And that's what victim mentality told me, that God can use anyone but me. Until one day, my freshman year of college, I had been in spaces like this all my life, but for whatever reason, on that day, out of a crowd like this, Jesus chose me. And he said, hey, do you wanna be healed? Do you wanna rise up and take up that mat of abuse and help people be set free? And I was afraid, but I said yes. I said yes, and I stood up and I picked up that mat and I began to tell one, and then two, and then groups. And guess what? Guess how many people said, me too, me too, me too. And the thing that defined me for so long, it went from defining me to simply describing me. It was no longer the points of my life, but just simply a part of my life that God used and he is using to not only heal me, but to heal others. Because he, he is where ultimate victory is found. And the day that I said yes to him, everything changed. And he did it for me. He can do it for you. He did it for this man. And he wants to do it for you. He's asking you tonight, do you want to be healed? And your response is to say yes. And he'll say to you then, rise up. Pick up your mat. No longer a victim, but a victor because of what I have done on the cross. Because I have claimed victory over your sin and the abuse and the porn and the hookups and the drugs and the pride because I have claimed victory over that by defeating sin and rising from the grave. You don't have to be a victim, RIP, to victim mentality and say yes to victory in Jesus and only Jesus. If you wanna be healed tonight, rise up, take up your mat and follow him. Let's pray. God, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for rewriting stories, for taking messy past and awful stories and circumstances and sins and secrets and covering them with your blood so that we can be new. For the person tonight, like I was, who believed for so long that this is just the way it is. This is who you are and no one can ever know and because of this, God can use them, but he can't use you. For the person who is believing that lie, fed from victim mentality, would you break it tonight in Jesus' name? Would the cross of Jesus Christ, would the empty tomb rewrite their story? Would tonight be the night that they say yes, and would they rise up, take up that mat, and make that courageous step to follow you, would you give them the strength? Would they know right now that out of this crowd, you see them, you see them, and you're asking them, do you wanna be healed? And would you give them the strength to say yes? Not because I can, but because he can. And because of you, Jesus, you make all things new. May we worship and live like that's so. In your name that I pray, amen.